Today, uh, actually, um, I'm glad because um, Glenn sponsoring the day. And so um, last time when we had the uh, Sutra study, he said that we should talk about um, Four Noble Truths and um, Eightfold Path. So I'm not going to talk about the whole thing, but um, just wanted to talk about uh, the first Noble Truth. So the Four Noble Truths is um, a main teachings, one of main teachings in Buddhist teachings. Maybe you are familiar with it, maybe you are not. Um, so the first Noble Truth is um, suffering. By the way, I don't like the word suffering. <laughs> so I like to use the word um, dissatisfaction. So I need a feedback here. Now, what do you know about um, dissatisfaction? Is it unsatisfaction or dissatisfaction or maybe both? Or it's this. Dissatisfaction? You may have heard about it, maybe you have read about it. Oh, well, it's not happy thinking that some something external is going to make you happier than you currently are. Okay. okay. Yes, Len? Me it's set up every time what I want isn't what I get. Then I've got to deal with that reality versus what I thought it should be. Okay. Any ideas? Okay, pursuing happiness, huh? <laughs> well, this is something with being satisfied is like you're you're full. So dissatisfied, dissatisfied is it's like something is missing. You you're just constantly craving or wanting something, which is such a good state. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, um, now, you have heard that there are a lot Buddhist teachings, right? Um, I remember you know the word, um, the number even, uh, 84,000 teachings. <laughs> and 
So there are a lot of teachings in um, in Pali canons, in Pali teachings. But basically, Buddha said, what I realized and what I am here is to let you know about the Four Noble Truths. And so he put a lot of emphasis on teaching Four Noble Truths. So the first one is Dukkha Arya Satcha. That means dissatisfaction. And so they say the Noble Truth. Um, I think why it is noble is that he, what he found is very noble because at the time when Buddha realized this whole thing, there was 64 other religions. And so, all these people, these teachers, had an idea about life and the uh, eternal life, and they all believed on a, some type of a creation and a God. So, the path that Buddha found, there is no God. And so the teaching that he came up with is not about a creation. It's about your life and how to figure out your life and how to deal with these things and how to be happy with it. So then he said that when it's come to life, Everything that happens in our life is based on this first noble truth. There is dissatisfaction. But there are happy moments. There are pleasure things that happen in our life. But those are not permanent states. They just um, arise and pass away. And so Buddha wanted to understand his disciples, his uh, followers or his students that if you understand this reality, there is a way that you can be happy with your life. So, when he talked about dissatisfaction, so he said that there are dukkha dukkha, that's mean in general that we have dissatisfied uh, things like if you have a headache and um, if you have a discomfort feeling, when you have to sit for a meditation 30 minutes, your knees start to hurt 
and um, what else? Day-to-day life that we go through pains and all these, uh, you know, cough and everything. So in general, there is in life that we have this dissatisfaction, this unpleasant feelings, unpleasant experiences. So this is he called <coughs> Dukkha Dukkha. In general, in our life, that we all experience these type of uh, feelings and uh, ex- we experience these type of things. And then the second one is the Vivarinama Dukkha. The famous word is uh, when it's t- uh, come to Buddhism, uh, Buddha's teachings, impermanence. So there are things in our life that happens, that brings us unpleasant experiences because of things constantly change, whether you like or not. So that makes us really unhappy. So it's called Viparinama Dukkha, because we, we don't like to change. We don't like to change. So, but in reality, things change. We have no control over things. So you cannot name anything that you can uh, count on. Wouldn't change. Can you think about anything that wouldn't change? Everything's changed, right? Even sound change. <laughs> so everything's changed. So there is, we cannot control it. And if you happen to believe that, I don't have a problem with it if you believe it or not. God created the world. But you know what? Now it's a whole mess. And he has no idea what to do with it now. <laughs> it's up, out of control now. So, there is this Viparinamaduk, this impermanence that this whole time, this whole things change. We cannot control it. And then the third one is the one that really hard to grasp, difficult, is Sankhara Dukkha, means Buddhism talk about a causality. Uh, it's called Paticca Samuppada, dependent origination. And these type of teachings, and I don't see other in other, another, uh, in other religions, so maybe these type of stuff, very new to you. Uh, these concepts. So everything happens uh, because of some type of reasons. So dependent origination uh, or uh, causality, Samuppa, uh, the Pali word. Now, with that teaching, he says this dissatisfaction is not just about this life and it goes to it we this whole 
dissatisfaction thing, we carry it on to next life. And from that life to the other life. And so this is like a circle. So we are, without stopping, constantly walk on this whole circle. So in our whole life, what we have is, the base is dissatisfaction. But there are these pleasure moments, feelings that we get, these are the ones that keep us in this journey. Because think about a bigger picture. You have your life, and 95% of this life dissatisfied dissatisfaction and you know it and there are a lot of things that you are not happy with but there are five percent that makes you happy maybe it could be your car it's been my case maybe <laughs> maybe maybe it's your family maybe it's your kid maybe it's your grandchildren so that's five percent what makes you want to go in this circle. And you know that in the bigger picture, whole a lot what you experience is that dissatisfaction. But that 5%, because we are so greedy to get that feeling again. We, it's called the desire, right, Jim? <laughs> so th- that's that's what makes us uh, going in this um, circle. So there is, in general, there is this dissatisfaction, suffering in our life, like we get sick and these type of things. And there is the the second thing is things change, and when things change, we don't like the change because we want things to be the way we want. And when things doesn't happen the way we want to go, that makes us unhappy. So we are not okay with it. We don't like the change. And the third one is Sankara Dukkha. This is what uh, makes us go in this circle. So when it's come to Sankara Dukkha, there are these five aggregates that he talks about. First one is the matter. So we all have a physical body. So physical body is not just enough to run the engine, right? So when you look at a car, you see it's got this uh, nice looking, but it wouldn't run, it doesn't have an engine. But you wouldn't see it unless you open the hood, right? Life is just like that. You will see when you see people, okay, they have this body, but it isn't enough. So matter is called rupa. We all have this uh, physical body, but there are the four things that helps to run this body. So it's called Vedana. It's feelings, that we all have feelings. So it could be good feeling, bad feelings. Positive, negative. So we have feelings. 
then we have sanya. We there is a way that we engage with the world. There are the way that we understand things in uh, about the world. It could be it called perception. It could be right understanding. It could be wrong un- understanding. So when we see things, we understand things. We name things. But you know what? That's most of the time that perception is wrong. Because we are hold on to whatever that we see and whatever we experience and we really don't analyze things. And we grasp it and we go to based we go to the idea understanding based on what we know. Oh this is it. And when you see something beautiful, when you see something not beautiful, and you just always go to that perception, idea, you understand it based on what your knowledge, what you know. And when you see a person, when you see me, and you name me as son, but there are a whole lot in my life. But... The, we only see that outside uh, what you see in um, outside. So in Buddha's teachings, he what he was saying is that you have to go deep into these details and see when you see a person, when you see a thing. And now it's proved. Now when you see this hard thing, we see this is as a hard wood, right? But in reality, though, this is a lot atoms, a lot... Uh, what's the word that we tried to came up with last time? Um, I always forget these words. Um, it's a collection of a lot... Uh, particles. Exactly. <laughs> So, in, in reality, they can prove it now. But like, thousand years ago when you hear this, no, he's talking about nonsense. But it's not. So when we see things, our perception is always wrong. So, but, that's what's ignorance, that we always go with that uh, based on uh, our knowledge and that's how we uh, understand things. So there is materials and uh, there is feelings and there is this perception and then it's called Sankara. This is a hard one to understand. Sankara is what makes uh, the connection between this life and the next life. And it's called, sometimes you're familiar with the word karma. And so we all in our life, we do good things, bad things. But everything doesn't become karma because karma is always connected with the intention. So what we 
when we do good things, if you don't have good things, it doesn't become good karma. So when you do bad things, bad things happen if you didn't have the intention, you wouldn't have karma. So it's always based on your intention. And then what connects the life to the next life is called vijnana, which means consciousness. I have no idea how to explain it because <laughs> you really That's why we're on the journey, right? Exactly. So what he was saying is with this uh, third type of uh, dissatisfactions that we have in our life is that this whole massive thing is suffering in reality. So, why it is suffering? Because it's viparinama, it's, it changes. So, we don't like that change, so we suffer a lot. And we are not happy with it. So, if somebody can understand this change and how this works, and they then we can understand how to deal with the situations. But right now we don't have that um, ability. We are lack of that wisdom. And when things happen, all we know is to cry and when good things happen, to laugh. And not understanding that uh, the reality, how how things uh, work. So I know it's a lot of information, but this is something that I haven't seen in other teachings. So that's why it's he named it as noble truths, because this is the base. No matter what this happens, you see, it is the nature, and we have to deal with it. So that is uh, the uh, dissatisfaction or suffering, if you want to uh, use the word, dukkha, uh, the first noble truth, uh, mean. So there is this, in general, we have suffering, and we have um, things change, and that way, that makes us unhappy, and there is this massive, uh, that sankara dukkha, uh, with, uh, so if you understand this whole thing, and uh, you have that wisdom to um, deal with it. And the interesting thing was that he said, to understand this whole thing, you just have to observe your body. So, you don't have to look around for the answers. So, if you take some time to observe yourself and you see all these things that we uh, talked about today, everything happens within this um, 
body. So that's uh, basically the suffering that Buddhist um, talking about. That's a lot of information. So if you have any uh, questions. Knowing that it helps us to be more happy, understanding it, then we have more? Well, it's really hard to explain what is happiness is, means, because I don't know how you understand happiness. Uh, I think if you compare it with somebody's happiness, that's you're never going to get. If you look, you know, look at somebody and, for example, you look at Bhante Sujata and you see, oh, he's always smiling and he always has this smile. I think he's happy. How do you know? So you just look at somebody and you decide, oh, okay, that person happy, maybe that is happiness. No, that's not what happiness is. So I think uh, when you understand this, you get the ability to uh, deal with situations. And um, that's, that's what the hardest thing. Um, yeah, Jim, did you have a question? <laughs> <laughs> Some components of happiness. I just wanted to stick to this, the, the topic um, dissatisfaction because um, there are other four things that... So it's like, you know, I don't want to talk about other stuff. It's going to be a, a lot of things. So um, just the, you know, the suffering that we all are dealing with um, un- because of a lot of circumstances. So... Well, I think of it as a, you know, well, all of our suffering is create, we create our own, we're always creating our own suffering by say, oh, you know, I'm not feeling happy, I I really would like that new blouse that's going to make me happy, but then you spend too much money on it, and then you, you know, have to work harder to pay for that, and so it's just a continual cycle. Right, of desire and being dissatisfied and so the original thing that you thought was going to make you happy has now created all these other problems for you down the line so I, I like the word contentment Are you, equanimity contentment, what was the other word we used? Um, Trisillion
by observing your own body. Could you speak a little more about that? Yeah. Um, does anybody like to get old? Does anybody like to get old? Oh, well, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is answer for that. Because you cannot control yourself, and if you cannot control yourself, you got to understand there is no way that you cannot control other things. And so by understanding that, um, it makes easier to realize this whole thing. And whatever that happens outside the world that happens inside you, the change that we talk about, this constantly, this constantly, your body changes. You... Um, whether you like it or not, the idea that you change that much, you are not the same person that you walked in like almost like uh, 60 minutes ago. Totally different. The whole structure is different. And a thought process and your thoughts and everything is, this is so, it's very, um, massive to understand this whole thing. So he said, if you just take some time to observe yourself and you will see this, the whole change that happens outside happens inside within yourself. But there are small things happens, but we don't see it until a tsunami comes, right? But there are a lot of things going on inside this, why we don't see it. Unless if it is a tsunami, if something happened like in Japan, like 10 years, 8, 10 years ago in Sri Lanka, we don't see it. But there are things happens. But it takes a lot of time to see it, like getting old is constant. But we see it, we notice it, 30, 40 years after, and you look in the mirror and, oh, I have gray hair now, and my, see my, I'm bald-headed, and uh, so we notice it after, <laughs> yeah, and we, that's the problem, we don't realize things right away. Changing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, Bhante, one thing I was going to say is the the Anicca Bhante Sanghari, you know that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Having it now, you know, I think the hard part, I think, for me to to grasp was like, okay, I understand that. Okay, you have the ninety-five percent of suffering, five percent of uh, happiness, to, which doesn't quite compensate for this. <laughs> You know, going from the attitude of like, I'll just tough it out, to actually fe feeling a joy that this is the reality of it. You know, in that, like, you know, there's, 
the impermanence that's how they go at the end, you know, that one that stands aware. To know this truth is brings happiness or brings joy, you know, the impermanence and stuff. So I think that that's what I was thinking. It's just going from the actual t- just the viewing of life, I have to tough all this out because most of it's suffering, to well this is the, the reality of it and well hey this is this is good. Yeah, I think it's a good point uh, because happiness is not something that uh, understanding you're going to be like. It's when we talk about this happiness part, always what comes to my mind: people who takes drugs, <laughs> because happiness is not something like that. You are not high all the time. It's not what's going to happen. But when you know the reality, you are you're going to change your attitude, the situation. That's what the makes difference. It's like calibrating your expectations to what's actually likely to happen as opposed to what you would really find exactly. was going to happen. That's not what we are doing right now. We just want to change the situation. So when you understand it, you don't want to change the situation because you know it's never going to happen. So I think uh, that's what makes the difference. Yes, sir? Can you find, well, two questions. Let me ask the first one. 95% suffering, 5% joy. Does it ever get to 60-40? As we work through our practices? Can we learn? I mean, attitude, yeah. You can change your attitude. You change your attitude. But you're not going to change anything else. You're not no. going to control your body. So then the second part of my question then, if you could change that, as things are changing, and as things may have been part of suffering in the past, because of your attitude, you're not suffering. No, I think And that's the path that we're going okay. Yes. Right, that's the other three noble truths. Yeah, like you exactly. kind of lead with the bummer, right? Like, yeah, hey, the fact is, things aren't that great, but... I always have to say this comment when we talk about this. Thing. Okay, Jim. Put it out. Well, you talk about suffering, and okay. it's like, ah, we got to get rid of suffering. But ask yourself the question, is suffering beneficial? Can you think of instances when suffering is beneficial? You tell me. Only when it makes you appreciate the good times better. No, you learn generally more from suffering than you do from your happy times. Is it all suffering? (laughs) (laughs) Right. When things are good, then you realize that you have to be aware. Tells you to. I mean, that's why we're here, right? I mean. It propels you to want to understand the nature of it, and if there is ultimately an end to it. I mean, Buddha says there is, right? Like, if there were no suffering, why would why would you bother? Why would you be compelled to try? 
Like, so from that perspective, it's, it's a gift, right? Like it's the, the miracle of being born a person that you get, you get to suffer. So you get to learn. So you get to understand. Exactly. That's why he said, it's this thousand times better to be a human, better to get a human life than a, a celestial life. Because you got to get the experience, this whole thing, and realize this. So, suffering is beneficial to understand what's going on. The challenge for me in all of this is to remember that it's a choice. So, I can choose my reaction. I can't choose what happens but I can choose my response, both physically and emotionally. Yeah. And to not label it as one or the other, but just to accept that it is. It, for me, when I start looking for, oh, well, that was a good, whether it's sitting meditation or riding my horse or teaching a, a, a like doing my lecture, if I start judging, that's when I find, for me at least, I'm led down the path to trouble. Because I'm never good enough. For me. <coughs> so if I can learn to accept it and then learn to choose my responses mindfully and intentionally, I, I can't do it all the time and I'm, you know, I'd I, I barter that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just to it home again. But, um, but for me, it's being able to be mindful enough to recognize it is. Not it's good or it's bad or it's joy or it's sorrow. It just is. And my response to it. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but I think that, it, that there's more... Uh, joy than 5%. I don't know. <laughs> I really think so. Because if it was only 5%. It's not a fact, so just. You know. <laughs> I just randomly came from the. Uh, I just made it. Yeah. sick and tired of it. 
So, so it, suffering is good because we're finally going to get so tired of it that we just say, I don't want to do this anymore. And that's when we can start getting out of that wheel, right? Exactly. That's why most of the time for these young people, these practices doesn't work because they are not sick and tired with life. So they... <laughs> so now when you think about your life, you have a common com- complaint. I wish if I knew this 35 years ago, it's never going to happen. Oh God, the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. I can't stand when people say that. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Because... Because even if you knew, you wouldn't have done it any different. If you, if you knew, you'd still be 18 and you'd still behave like an 18-year-old. Exactly. So it would, you know a lot of stuff when you're 18, but you're 18 and so you act like an 18-year-old. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if I could have realized it, I by now I should be an enlightened person. But <laughs> never happened. You got to wait. You need, uh, we need patience. Well, thank you very much.